1: Hello and welcome to the NXT review. I'm Michael Anfoot from What Culture. I'm joined by Michael Sidric from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on last night's NXT, which is why you're not getting Will Born's long intro because normally I read it when we do the audio. Yeah. Um, but it's okay because there was a cold open Sid, to last night's NXT, or should I say, goddamn boiling hot? Hey, DiJack, take those stupid sunglasses off. We're inside. Wagner, watch. Wegner. Come Tuesday. Kicks us off, right, yep. before this anything is, uh, has happened.
2: This is goated, by the way.
1: And we come in to find, in the locker room, uh, Noam Dar and Orman's is getting his pump on. Noam Dar's got cucumbers over his eyes. They kind of aren't taking uh, Von Wagner and his manager. I
2: forget his name. It's Robert Stone. Seriously enough. Well, you could say that, but deep meditative... State of mind yes. can lock you in, so that's a serious
1: preparation. And maybe they've done their homework, and there's loads of objective evidence that Wagner and his manager... Robert Stone. ...objectively suck, so maybe this is all the prep that is needed. Yeah. They do, uh, great performers. Well. Don't want to get that confused. Straight away, before we even hit the ring, there's law. There's LTST, because they're just mocking them, and then the door creaks open, and what do you hear? Sneak attack! <laughs> they've learned Sneaker from the Dick. Bash brothers, it's Von Wagner, it's...
2: Robert Stone.
1: And they jump and they battle them all over the locker room. They kick them out into the corridor. Suddenly we see Lash Legends and Jakara Jackson run through another door. They're trying to chase the action stage. They're trying to keep up. They are, right? And, uh, but by the time they get to the point of the corridor, they could go right, they could they could go right, they could go left. But well, who's there? The Bash, Bash brothers. brothers. And what do the Bash Brothers do? That way. They don't we're know which way We're to do it together. Okay, we're the Bash Brothers today. We're the Bash Brothers.
2: brothers. That way. That
1: way. So which way are they going to go? They both go both ways. And they say, Operation Sneak Attack. Come on, a bit more creative with the name, I suppose. Yeah. But anyway, that gives us the cold up. And it's yet another NXT match that starts in the aisle. Vic Joseph continues to be shocked that this keeps happening. But he's like, well, there's a referee there. And I guess we're underway. The referee sort of runs alongside him to get going. Uh, it's extremely basic. It won't be a shock to hear that. Um, Von Wagner has got the advantage first. Robert Stone is tagged in. He knocks Aura uh, Mensa down. But then he gets distracted going after Noam Dar. You yep. have George Ekin on the apron, and that leads the uh, the heels to take over. Robert Stone's obviously in a lot of trouble for a bit. It's all quite drab, truthfully, mm, yeah. until Von Wagner gets the hot tag. And Isn't then it kicks. Hot as bad. I... There's a Von, Von, Von chat as he does the most basic of offense, but the fans love it anyway. It's good. He, uh, he hits both of them with a double choke slam. He tags back in Robert Stone, who gets on Von's shoulders to uh, do a big splash right off the top.
2: Have you missed the worst move of all time?
1: Please remind myself and the viewers and listeners.
2: Unless it happens later in the match. But Robert Stone jumps to the top. Yes, please recap. Robert Stone jumps onto the top turnbuckle. Motions to do, obviously, an an aerial attack of some kind. It's not a frog splash. No. It's not an elbow drop. It's not a uh, shooting star press. He jumps off the top turnbuckle... (laughs) Away from his target yeah. and just kind of gets the underside of his forearm. Yeah, it's not it's quite a chop, is it? And he just goes like that. Uh, it looks awful. It's. Got great one it? but it's one of those where it's like how of the author and all the rest of it mm-hmm. he's not meant to be a really skilled pro wrestler true character
1: which is maybe yeah so the, the splash off Von's shoulders is a little bit more impressive
2: I, I, I just uh, enjoy them just being connected
1: yeah he's massive as he's, he's taller than the top rope so yes. it's logical as well uh, and it looks like um the baby faces are going to get the win um, but Ormancer breaks it up von Wagner is back in uh, lash legend and Jakarta Jackson get on the uh, apron to distract the referee while the referee is dealing with them. Uh, Wagner's got Narmdar for a powerbomb. Borromeza slides in, gives him a cheap shot. Uh, Dar falls on top. They get the win. Uh, it's part banana skin, part Von and Robertson always lose. They always lose. Always lose. And if you
2: uh, understand that it's NXT, so you have to do like skits and gimmicks on top of gimmicks and backstage segments. And I, I love it for that uh-huh. in a way. <laughs> what? If you're gonna do Operation Sneak Attack and do the baby faces yep. and then you don't win, mm-hmm. it's a good job people earnestly like Von Wagner and Robert Stone because oh my oh my god <laughs> They're rubbish baby faces. Kind of. But they're uh, I love them so much. Lit. And I got actual uh, joy. Like I'm having feelings again, bro. Like I'm some fourteen year old kid or something. <laughs> Uh, actual joy watching them double-team. Yeah, I just want Vaughn to make connections. And uh, they might be
1: positioned with just the perfect heel for their act, but more on that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Ridge Holland's out next for his match uh, with Gallus, but before we get to that...
2: Matches. Matches, excuse We've, me. Imagine that on one show, matches with Gallus. Where are my manners? But while are en- Sean's? While, while he's entering... For doing um, this to me. We get an
1: ad break which I think it's worth pointing out to our like non-English-slash-European listeners, because I think it's here where we've got it. NXT is on the network the next day now. It's Indeed. the best the network has ever functioned in terms of original-run content. Uh, but you pointed something out as we were going through this in the office. It's quite something when you see, and for no, I'm not like digging out Ridge Holland specifically, but if, let's say, for example, Ridge Holland in action up next, and it's NXT, and it's all quite small and a bit weird. And then the ad breaks, because we don't have actual adverts, are just adverts for stuff on the network that's... Good. so it's like uh here's the rock here's steve austin here's the biggest wrestlemania ever whatever greatest stuff of all time and then quite the pivot quite the turn uh,
2: but don't worry i'm worried because i'll have to review gallus matches not yet Plural. because we
1: come back from the adverts straight into chase you yes we do where things are well again of course they're back on track after the calendar sales it's like they made sense of this whole thing um the, uh, the movers are putting everything back in place. There's uh, Andre Chase's podium. Um, this is weird. So Duke Hudson gets his MVP trophy back. Like, was that just sat in a pawn shop for, like, six weeks? Is that what we're led to believe? If everything is exactly as it was, has that been back in a pawn shop and they've bought it back? Just the, the administrators probably put it in a warehouse. Of course. Thank you. Yet again, you've helped me make sense of all of this. Um, Andre Chase says, We've been through some dark clouds, but we've made it out. Yeah, he said... <laughs> We've been through some dark clouds. What are you playing? Right, he's, he's a teacher. Uh, and it's all thanks, and I can't edit the swears, so I can't do this proper justice. Please go watch it. To JC, motherflipping Jane. Huge uh, BAP. He uh, he drops another one, and after that, he says, JC's motherflipping back. He's just like, he's he's feeling himself, yeah. you know? Uh, and uh, anyway, they're all buzzing. Thea Hale's like, this is great. Everything couldn't be better. Anyway, i got a date coming up soon with uh, Riley Osborne, so I'm going to go over there to speak. It's literally as far away as we are now. That's yes. the size of the classroom. JC Jane shoots her a bit of a look. Yep, we man. catch it, but Thea doesn't. Yes. Unless she, she, watches, unless the,
2: she watches the show. The show. Yeah.
1: Why would we watch
2: the show? Why would we watch the show? Listen
1: to this podcast. Thea, we're telling you, JC didn't like the look of that, but that's all right. Um, JC uh, greets... <laughs> the Riz that's walked into the classroom and JC rocks up with this uh, envelope a fat envelope as part of Alan Partridge just say full of cash and uh, the Riz holds it like it's pretty heavy it's pretty heavy and uh, JC says yeah we sold even more calendars than we thought um, anyway don't you have a busy night tonight you're going to be in action against Jada Parker and Tony D have got the titles on the line and uh, that's when uh, Riz says uh, come on ain't got a date get to the point <laughs>
2: I like Riz I do like the Riz I do have a fondness for the family of course yeah. you know we are biased because you know Stax likes to pop in but what I like about the Riz is that it's all based on the Sopranos <laughs> the Riz is called Adriana the Riz yep. there is a character in the Sopranos called Adriana so you'd think she would draw inspiration from Adriana but she instead does the exact same face as the Silvio yes <laughs> just the Silvio faces well, it's one of, some of the best faces in The Sopranos, to be fair.
1: Yeah, like the, for the reaction shot to him. It was that face she pulled when JC said, look, uh, if they escape with the belts tonight, Chase U wants a shot. And she pulled that exact face. I'll speak to the Don. Um So Chase U now. She would have shesh. potentially <laughs> been given a title shot, or will they? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, I was putting it off. We have to get back to Rich Holland, but yeah. Dallas now. Sorry about this, everybody.
2: Um, it's a gauntlet match, and this is really this is probably the funniest thing that's ever been related to Gallus.
1: I think you might be right. It starts oh, not earnestly. Not, no, uh, it starts all under Wolfgang. It's bad. It's bland. It stomps. It's into the corner. It's punches. It's like sort of very rudimentary headlocky stuff. Then back to some kicks and back to some punches. Brunts. Like Vic Joseph can barely contain himself as a suplex is hit, and then we ah! go, and then we go to break. We come back and he's beat Wolfgang in the ads. So, like, of course, actually, of course NXT, he has NXT. Hey, 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 you are right. I think because at least we didn't have to watch any more of that match in full. Indeed, and we don't get uh, a great deal more of this entire gauntlet that he's running because we get about five minutes of a, a Joe Gacy match. It, the offense is yet again all the same. There's the odd suplex and throw here and there. There's belly, belly in there at one point, but mostly it's just punches in the corner, kicks in punches, the corner,
2: while a the, suplex, while the, uh, corner stuff.
1: Gallus yeah, boys on top punch on the outside, it. punch the ring and all that. Uh... He goes to... Ridge Holland, excuse me, that is, goes to pin Mark... uh, I was going to call him Mark Gallister. there. Might as well have Mark Coffey. Yes. But Joe pulls out the uh, Ridge Holland at two. Referee just rolls out with him and DQs him straight away. So the gauntlet's over before we even got to third man. Thank you. Ridge Holland wins the gauntlet with a pin we didn't see and a DQ. And he didn't even need to fight the third man. One of the better book gauntlets ever with Gallison. in. Yes. Um, We get the post-match where... (laughs) All Gallus beat him up, and it can't be any clearer that Ridge Holland's got no friends. Nobody is coming to save him. So he just makes a save himself by kicking all her asses.
2: With a chair. He
1: grabs a steel chair. He just obliterates Joe Coffey. Just goes and goes and goes and goes, and then drops the chair. Suddenly, referees part ways. Ridge goes into the corner, and those hands that held the chair.
2: He goes to that place, Sitch. What violence have they wrought?
1: What have I done?
2: What have I done? What did, the, what did Vic Joseph say here?
1: It was something along the lines of, like, oh, yeah, Ridge has got a bit of a history of b- breaking people and injuring foot. He's like, they're drawing the fact from, like, Rich Holland, the, the terrible Big E one, um, his own injuries in NXT, and then the worked Dragunov one is now all tied together
2: as law, and that now includes smashing Joe
1: coffee with a chair, like Steve Austin and The
2: Rock. So, I cannot believe that on tonight's edition of NXT, the role of Johnny Gargano will be played by Rich Holland. Uh, I thought we still do jokes about the Shawn Michaels School of Melodrama, yes. staring at one's hands. Realistically, that joke's about five years old. Yeah. Maybe, like, four, two, five, two, six years old. Like, We're in 2024.
1: One final beat, the uh, apex of all of that, would you Yeah, think? kind
2: yeah. of stopped, I think, after that. Yeah. But my god, it's back <laughs> with a vengeance. Ridge Holland is asking himself why he is so violent. Yeah. It's like maybe because like it's a contact sport. Maybe because he used to play another contact yeah. sport. Why did to... I score a try? Yeah, with these hands. It's a good... Wrestling's a contact sport. <laughs> That's why he's violent. So I assume Ridge Holland. Well, is there a put in Ridge Holland, Johnny Gargano? Uh. Well, Johnny Gargano
1: when he was... D.I. Try. D.I. That's better than I was going to say. I'm going to say when he was learning to like
2: the dark. He was walking over the bridge, Holland. Learning like the dark. <laughs> <laughs> he's <off> from Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do uh, Yorkshire. Uh. Uh, learning. <laughs> i mean, I like the dark. Yeah, I'm learning. i learning to like the dark. I like the dark. Dark's all right. I don't mind it. I tried. Try
1: me and following me through corridors of the factory. <laughs> it's the dark of the matinee. Um, it was great when uh, you used to have Michael in the club, wasn't it? I felt like a million goddamn darlings. I, th- I know that look. I uh, like to
2: like w- giving a Franz Ferdinand Michael in the in the club. I live that look. Myself, the- because it was an excuse for people to dance with you. It sure was.
1: Thanks, Franz Ferdinand. Sincerely, thank you. Uh, we're back to Von Wagner and Robert Stone. I listened to it on the way home. Where am I? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? We'll go it for a second. The first album's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are my manners? Von Wagner and Robert Stone. walking backstage. Um, they want more, obviously, of uh, the metaphor, but they bump into Lexus King. He just sort of like slides into the shot, like greasily as he does. Uh, he mocks them losing, and Von says, get out of here. D.I. Try. Get out of here Now. And Lexus doesn't, which probably blows Vaughn's mind. Wait a second. My uh, uh, I, said now. I said it now. Uh, <laughs> King wants, as much as he'd love, to stay here and swim in their misery. He is the grossest man alive. it He's got a new beard where he's put some cuts in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah. Right yeah. There. Uh, he says he's, the king has bigger and better things to do tonight. He's he's the king now, so third-person stuff. This is continues to work for me. Yes, it does.
2: Uh, I know he's useless. I know he's uh, below average in the ring. He says he's got some business to take care of. No, he's pretty much a dick. Yeah, he's a real leader. But he's also goaded. I
1: don't know how it works. Wrestling allows for these people yep. to slip through the cracks. He's got some business to take care of later on, and uh, the king says that maybe uh, Von's guy, Robert Stone, should uh, bring the Bash brothers to the entrance to, uh to see what like a real star looks like, and then he walks away slowly and then after like a real pregnant pause, stone's like it should have bought my kids and Bond's like leave it he's he's not worth
2: it well he is yeah let's earnestly analyze nxt I'm sorry wait okay so the baby faces perform operation sneak attack right just <laughs> basically the he the baby faces perform heel maneuver 101 Mm-hmm. Okay. They then have a match against Heels. In fairness, they get cheated out of the match against the Heels, but they're still losers. Yep. They're loser. Right. Baby faces, sneak attack, lose. The 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 runt of the show. Yes, he has some wins, but he's the most detestable like cheat merchant. Worst guy. Yeah. Rule bender to like to nice be like a nice. mid 90s yeah. uh, magazine
1: rule breakers and fan favorites
2: yes right talks about your kids yeah and you don't shin him you don't beat them up like robert stone i i love your act with von wagner but i you're useless as a baby face it's it uh, just doesn't work imagine john Moxley doing this
1: no exactly Kill him wouldn't I, yeah it's coming next week though, isn't it? They're gonna have that an interaction again, it's gonna lead to a match. We might they're not have roadblock. Lexus
2: King's getting pushed against
1: Oberfemi. That's true, he is.
2: So he got away with it score free. Oh
1: my God. What if uh uh who we just been talking about? One's guy. Robert Stern sees an opportunity and like puts his hands together and you get like an Oberfemi von Wagner power team. Isn't that
2: Road mm. Warrior energy? Well, I mean that would be the one time you're allowed to say they're the new Road Warrior yeah. is anything. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's 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 giving
1: demolition. It is. Uh, this wasn't. Yeah, well, yeah, the second time. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this absolutely wasn't, and uh, I'll never compare these to demolition. Even the three man version of it, because the No Quarter Cat crew were like just virtually trying to fornicate with the uh, Heritage Cup, basically yeah. and cut backstage, like, like, Licking it, stroking it, sniffing it, all that sort of stuff. Like just looked like a bunch of total creeps. So it turns out, of course, they're the baby faces now. Because the metaphor rock up and no one's like, get your hands uh, off my trophy. I was like, who
2: am I meant to enjoy here? Yeah. Who am I meant
1: to like? uh yeah, the NQCC. As I might shorten them to. Because like, they like the BCC of NXT, you know, and <laughs> way, uh Yep. Yeah. So they're like, um, I know I'm I like, uh, whoa, <laughs> you can looky-looky, but you can't touchy-touchy. That's word for word. Uh, that is verbatim. And the NQCC were like, uh, yeah, yeah, well. One of these days, we'll get that for real. And Charlie Dempsey's banging on about how it represents the rich history of British rounds wrestling. I'm like, you were a loser, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fill that trophy full of piss so your dad can drink it. Go know while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they, um, Damon Kemp gets the last line. He's like, oh, we'll kick your ass, lads. And then uh, they take it outside. So yeah, I think this was a sort of baby face turn, maybe. I'll tell you what, means Von Wagner's
2: out the pretty picture.
1: Yeah, that's... Oh, God. When he didn't win the Heritage Cup in that first match, it was game. Von Wagner
2: and Robert Stone versus the Wolf Dogs. Yes, Von Breaker can do business for Von on the way out. Stand in the liver territory. Tick, tick, mother and tick.
1: Yep, good to go. Uh, Lola Vice and Tatum Paxley next. Not terrible. Uh, Lola Vice get wrestles at the mat earlier on.
2: This is bad, but not mechanically.
1: I think I like watching Lola Vice's submissions, but it is it is a reminder that That's the
2: story. It's the story that I loathed. Oh, it's it. ridiculous. So on the nose. It is
1: so daft. But this, what this, Sometimes when Lola Vice wrestles, and a submission game is really strong, it does remind you that even the best submission wrestlers in the world are pro wrestlers, and it's a dance, and you need cooperation. That's why a Brian Danielson and a Zack Sabre Jr. can look so perfect, because not only can they apply, but they can know exactly where to be to help the application for the other. And dramatic effect. Indeed. This was just Lola Vice trying to uh, very literally grab holds. In a quite clumsy-looking way, but I think they got there in spite of Tatum Paxley's ridiculous yes. character that she's forced to play.
2: They didn't, but we just talk about the match. I'll bury it.
1: Okay. So uh, I um, Paxley keeps like powering out of these submissions, but Lola Vice keeps grabbing her again. There's like a pinfall attempt where she rolls her up, and then she like. Traps her in a little bit of a sleeper but Tatum Paxley keeps powering out. Um Vice ultimately gets control. She's beating her around the ring. She's hitting those like stiff strikes and kicks that she does. Uh Lyra Al-Kiri, a bird person is out there to sort of show a bit of support for Tatum Paxley. They're not friends, but she's, you know, she kind of owes her one a little bit after the distraction h- kind of helped last week. Indeed. Um at which point when like Tatum Paxley sees uh, Lyra Alcura, appears to fire up. She hits uh, Lola Vice with an Inzaguri, gets another roll-up, and then Lola Vice just absolutely boots her head half, clean off with a kick, only gets a two count. Um, Paxley's reaching out to Lyra for help, and Lyra's like, go on, you can do it, you can do it. At which point, Lola Vice just like drills her with a back fist to put her down again. Uh, she goes for a cover. This time, rather than kicking out, she puts a foot on the rope. So she's as good as done, pretty much. Um, at which point... um. Lola Vice picks her back up, smashes her into the mat, and then locks her with like a head-scissor submission for the win. Again, all happening in front of Bird Person. Uh, Tatum Paxley is knocked completely out, and she's as good as under the ropes. So Lara Valkyria, to try and make it look as if this is definitely a natural thing that you know platonic friends would do rather than somebody that's clearly dealing with a psycho stalker, she picks her up and carries her off to the back as Lola Vice has gotten her revenge.
2: Threshold
1: style. yes. You right, said okay. you weren't a fan of the uh, the action.
2: Well, the action before the main story beat. was so, I guess, mechanically tight in a really bland and generic and forgettable way. <laughs> um. No. Not necessarily a game okay. we are here to play. <laughs> Instead, I have a riddle. I have a riddle for you. Okay. So <laughs> if you're a professional wrestler, what is your enemy but also your friend? Your frenemy. Yes. What is if you're a professional wrestler, what is your enemy but also your friend? Oh, I
1: see. I see. Um hmm. uh, I got I three, you got three guesses, as is, as is custom. An ally coming out to support you. No. Because they would be a friend, but typically at least you're getting distracted and losing in front of them. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, being trained by one of the all-time greatest wrestlers ever, but that wrestler is Shawn Michaels.
2: No, but I do like that. Oh, because that's like, like the good news, bad news situation. Yeah. of Shawn Michaels. Hey. But it's 2002 to 2009, Shawn Michaels. (laughs) No. Right. Go on, If you're a wrestler, what is your enemy, but also your friend? It's the ropes. Because you can use them to create propulsive bursts of Mm -hmm. momentum and fly into an attack. Or, you know, you could, if you're Braun Breaker or Nathan Fraser, you could really hurt your head on them. Actually getting thrown into the ropes can hurt and just gently, you know, Lower that energy bar. So the rope, if you are in a tight spot, mm-hmm. you can. It's your friend. Oh, I can escape the submission. Yes. Okay, and you know it's also your enemy because if you're doing the submission, oh no, I'm too close to the ropes. They are now my enemy. Very good. Okay. Yeah. If you're like a wrestler who can deal, not just in strikes or submissions. If you're a wrestler, right, and you are trying to. Defeat your opponent, and you're right in the danger zone. Mm-hmm. And this opponent's like, they're kicking out, but you know, sort of one of those deals where the lights are on, but no one's home. Yeah. You just need to put them away now. They're acting time. on
1: instinct because of ring awareness and nothing else. That's all they've got for the foot on the rope, oh yeah. They? Yeah.
2: Fill all the vice in this match. To tell the story of basically the story, and it's so crap, is Laya Valkyria yeah. is urging. Tate and Paxley to kick out, survive, stay in it. To tell the story, she has to be by the ropes. Tate and Paxley has to be next to the ropes. I don't know why they couldn't just use their multiple camera setup. The, the last minute, of the match takes place in a one foot by one foot square, doesn't it? In that yes. corner, allowing Tate and Paxley to get a foot on the ropes. Yeah. Or the kick. If you are Lola you could not have looked dumber here. Drag it her to the middle of the ring. Yeah. They call it clean in the middle. Not confusing by the ropes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, it's called clean in the middle of the ring, right? Not too close for comfort by the ropes. Yeah. They wrestled in an inch. They did. Uh, it's a program. In order for the one,
1: the one camera over Lyra's shoulder to catch the story. It's a shame there's just one. Taking place it's a shame iPhone. there's just one
2: camera. God damn it uh a couple of big stinks big backstage developments here it's like a, a show is just invites snarky pricks like me to just point out everything that's wrong with it maybe maybe concentrate on doing good clever things
1: disagree because i'd rather concentrate on what we got next which is luca Crucifino meeting tony <sighs> d for the first time
2: adam willborn piece of trash I don't yeah, know you being, from Adam. Uh, he's been a little bit uh, disagree. Been very uh, dismissive of me in 2024. This is what you get, pal. Yeah. <laughs> this is basically, right? I'm not joking. Like in AEW, I'm trying to think of, like, oh my God, they've interacted at long last. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Tony Khan's quite good at that.
1: This had a handshake, so this is Will Bond's mega powers.
2: Basically. Finally. <laughs> basically, it's like, oh my God, that character's finally interacting with that character. Yeah. I didn't think they would ever share screen time or whatever. Like Brother Muzone
1: Omar. <laughs> oh, God. That was the, it, one of yeah. the best
2: scenes in TV history. He's finished. He's
1: done. He can go in that car park as much as he wants. I'm trying not to name a name because I don't want to spoil it if you're midway through the wire. But a character that you think is never going to get caught, he gets goddamn caught when Omar and Muzone get together. I, uh, my wife was heavily, heavily pregnant when I was re-watching that scene once. And I exclaimed, I yelped all over again that I woke her up. Trying to have a nice sleep. This show that I've probably seen three or four times gets this big climax. Like, oh, God! When they finally get him. <laughs> Class. As was this. Because Luca Crucifino says to uh, Tony D, Just it, Tony D's the only one in the room, that much we know. It's a locker room, but Tony is on his own. Solitary moment of thought before the big match tonight. And Luca Crucifino says, look, you didn't even really uh, sign up for these two, did you? I don't know. This has just happened as quickly as it's happened. He's had a contract. And uh Tony's left to think and anyway, I'll get out yeah, I'll uh shake hands and walk off shot. In eighth of a second later, Stax appears to Tony's right hand side. It hey, was <laughs> <laughs> So it's the idea obviously that I think Luke is trying to get in the middle, isn't he? He's trying to get in the middle of Stax and Tony D. Yeah. By sort of suggesting to Tony this didn't need to be this way.
2: But that guy's...
1: There's there's absolutely no way that Luca is even as far as you are from me now at the point at which Stax appears Honestly,
2: it's ridiculous. The show is... It depends on your threshold for this sort of thing.
1: Uh, Tony D and Stax have a chat about the match tonight. The Riz walks back in so they can uh, pep her up for a match uh, against Jada Parker. And, of course, reminisce uh, about the time that she uh, battered Joey D'Agostino... And then she uh, cuts in and say Joey Deggs was a punk. Because, obviously, every week we learn a little bit about the history that, every we never, week, we, that we never saw. The
2: Sopranos characters talk in terms of remember when, when the Sopranos itself, as a TV show, had that as the worst kind of conversation.
1: Yeah. Correct.
2: But, uh, speaking
1: of fantastic writing, Sidge. Right. So Tony D, you know with Stacks and everything, he's like, and I say, well, right, let's go, let's defend the title. Okay, let's go. Come on, Stacks, we got to do it. And then he says, and this is what might tie us back to Luca trying to get in the mix. Says, come on, Stacks, it's stand and deliver season. So Tony's thinking, I want to get us all the way to WrestleMania weekend with a belt, and as we know later on, not happening. Yeah. No. Could uh, could Wilborn's dream be even bigger than he could have imagined? Might we get the? Uh,
2: well, you you would that be very bittersweet for him?
1: Yeah. Well, who would we cheer for? Because we, like, we've got a great affection for Tony. But Stax is virtually a colleague at this point. I'd be cheering for Stax. Yeah, me too, I think. Yeah. I've never seen World 1 cheer against Tony D, though. Tony D's better than the ring. Sorry, Stax. But he is, he <laughs> not, is. Not a lot, innit? Nope. Uh, we say Backstage anyway, It's better there anyway. Uh, Lyra Valkyria is checking on Tate and Paxley, who is completely sparked, is totally knocked out. When Shotzi, who of course was getting into it with Valkyria on uh, Twitter last week, asking for a title shot, appears in person and uh, says, look, I want a shot. Lyra accepts for next week. They're going to have the match. Shotzi wants to take the belt into elimination chamber. And then before she heads off, she says, hey, best uh, deal with your best friend there. And uh, she's pointing at Tate and Paxley, he's just knocked out. And uh, Lyra Valkyria... I Oscar season, has it passed? Have we had the Oscars yet, or we just had the screeners out? We just had the noms. Right, well, there's time for this Have we had the noms? Time for this one to sneak in. Like, Yeah, because I and Claude didn't get any, did he? And that was a bit yeah, controversial. Yeah, yeah. There's time for this scene to get in at the last minute then, because Lara Valkyria says, uh, she's not my friend. And then as she says that, Tatum Paxley springs back to life, and you're thinking, ah, did, but did, but did, no, so she, listen, she, like, she says, uh, was, we're thinking, we're all thinking, did Tatum hear that? Because Tatum's a bit mad, and Lyra's going to be in real trouble. But then she just springs up. So we got Shotty next week, then. And Lyra's like, what? And it fades out. They don't even reference the fact that that means that Tatum must have heard what Lyra said. Yeah, And Lyra's in real trouble.
2: Yeah, same here. I, don't, I, I do not Especially care. She's the worst. She didn't, even need to worst. she didn't even need
1: to wake up from the uh, like sort of day state she was in. She could have just watched it. Yeah, it's the worst. She would know the information. Yet another reason why it's good. as is this Riz versus Jada Parker. Uh, uh, doesn't go very long. Jada Parker's pretty much dominant throughout, like Riz's
2: stuff is story was pathetic. Yeah, the, the story ambition to action and like atmosphere was just pathetic.
1: Riz has basically got Irish whips and corner attacks
2: in Tomo Hero Ishii's guts, yes.
1: yes, because early in the match. She's getting knocked from pillar to post. Then she like kind of like fires back, hulks up a little bit by pulling out her earrings. Gets a big response in the building. So now I'm really serious. So we go back and forth again. There's really no meat on the bones of the action, but like you're just seeing this baby face. Should
2: wearing earrings is dangerous?
1: Well, that's it. And that's I guess why she's like torn about ready to go. Should it before the match? Uh, but Jada Parker keeps asserting a certain dominance. Ultimately, Riz will have the odd comeback. Jada Parker will take over yet again, yet again. Jada Parker looks like she's got a beat quite easily, but Riz refuses to stay down to the point where after kicking out at two, the match is bad.
2: Yeah, uh, I kick, mean, they're both green as grey Yeah,
1: After kicking out at two She goes to her knees And she's like, come on Bob, the world wide web She's like, come on And then uh, Jay's like, alright then And just runs at her with a massive forearm and beats her
2: Pathetic I mean, I'm, this is the kind of story That you would tell Like so, how, how to put this this is like a three-minute television match. But they are trying to tell you that the Riz has got, like, she's, like, going out on a sword. Yeah. Like a bad, it's like the badass, like, last stand in the movie. Yes. When, like, the hero, who isn't really the biggest hero, but my God. My God. What a number two guy.
1: My favorite ever example in wrestling is this Bailey Asker rematch. And Bayley has realized there is just simply no way to beat this yeah. one. And she's like, come on, come on, hit me. And then Asuka just boots to head off and then pins her. And it's like, you feel a heartbreak, but you're like, you gave it everything.
2: Yeah. Like I would have gone into battle with you knowing you were going to die. Yeah, yeah. It was, It's the big, I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good cinematic moment. Yeah. And it's a terrible three-minute TV match. It's so bad. Shawn Michaels, I, you used to be great at this. How do you not know that this sucks?
1: When are the family going to get to retelling the stories of the time that
2: the Riz got her ass kicked? Like, hey, remember when you got beat that easy? Hey Think about it, Riz. Yeah, yeah, you got a maxi. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: the main thing. Where's your earrings? Uh, we go backstage to Die Jack in his awesome little like darkened room. He's upgraded his technology. He's got like what and looks he's
2: wearing his sunglasses even though he's inside. Take those stupid sunglasses off. Well the thing is, if he did take those stupid sunglasses off, he yep. wouldn't have got those like really cool shots of die Jack in the aviators with the screen reflected in them. Like uh, God, this sucks. I thought I was watching this in the Baltic, it was so artistic.
1: You, uh, saw half of the, you saw half of the scenes, including last week, one of our favorite NXT moments of all time, Shirley. Yes. Dijak shoot-punching, <laughs> and dragging off in the heat. Like, right between the eyes, down he goes again. Bang, I want to look at that every week, I think. I want to remind, how dumb can this get? This dumb. This dumb. Um, and then he uh, he's pretty annoyed because, and that's what's great, I'll never forget that that was back-to-back on the same night as Gacy hitting him with a boxing glove on a stick. Like, that, those two things will always be intertwined. Uh, Dijak sees this. He's angry, and you see the hand, like, tapping on the table. Suddenly becomes a clenched fist, and he reaches under, and he pulls out a duffel bag, and we don't know what's inside, but we're, uh, we're going to find out later on. Uh, Bron Breaker and Baron Corbin are getting ready, psyching themselves up for the tag match backstage. Uh, Corbin wants Bron to uh, say that he's definitely, definitely ready. He says, uh, look, you're too busy concentrating on uh, which like, GM's going to sign you for raw smackdown. i got Nick Aldis pulling up outside with a... Uh, Truckload of money, and Braun suddenly snaps into it and goes, What, really? And Baron goes, No, and that's my point. Get friggin' ready. And Bray
2: goes, Shut up, man. Shut up, <laughs>
1: shut up, dude. Shut, shut up, up, up dude. shut up, you dude. <laughs> shut up, you pube. And he's like, Anyway, so speaking about being ready, like I'm surprised you're
2: ready. I saw you partying up at the Super Bowl. You're not going to want to go celebrate with all your mates. And uh, oh, Is that guy's heist? Because they mentioned Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor, Swift. Taylor Swift. That's right.
1: Because the Super Bowl happened, Sage. I don't know if you are aware of the biggest sporting event in the world taking place on Sunday, but NXT. And is that the
2: most viewed television event of all time? Yeah. Number one. Not Bar- in America, anyway. Number two. America's not the
1: world. Number two, this episode of NXT. So yeah. It's like, number two, remind you of what number one is. So He's not here. You don't have to do it. Baron uh, Baron Corbin says, oh, yeah, you're right, but I want to go to these celebrations with my half of the NXT tag team titles on my shoulder. And uh, Braun's like, well, that's good. I want to hear that from you. you um, got... <laughs> You get, you're, you're hungry for this, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm starving. He's like, you're, uh, go, go on. you're hungry like the wolf, right? And he says, yeah. Dog, no!
2: <laughs> Incredible. Like, earnestly good WWE comedy. Really good they delivery. And they, like, thing is, me and Hamlet have got this new hatred. Of, uh, I think we talked about it literally earlier earlier today. We were talking (laughs) earlier today, and we were talking about how we don't like uh, wrestlers who are taking food off my uh, table. The worst thing about you taking food off my table is I was hungry for that food, so that's double bad. Not only not only is it the disrespect that you're taking food off my table, I was actually hungry at the time, hungry, and I need to eat. Yeah, I I hate it so much. We we've discussed this at length, Emmett. So when I heard the words "hungry." Coming out of Bron Breaker's mouth, like Corbin's mouth or whatever, I thought, like, oh, God. And they subverted it. Because they need to get a wolf put in so they do dog. Get Copeland in the performance centre and can <laughs> learn something like these two.
1: Corbin says, if they win the belts tonight, he'll stand in the ring and he'll say wolf dogs one time, just for Bron. And then uh, it feels like it's moving away. And then Bron's like, yeah, let's go. And then he hits him with a friendly chop, but like really hard. Yeah. And was like, oh, Jesus Christ, mate. Like, but they're, 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 bros. they're bros they're bros man they're absolute bros <laughs> now uh, next up Carmelo Hayes versus Joe Gacy Carmelo Hayes got all this heat there was a recap earlier in the all night heat. of everything that happened last week 200 people uh, paying for his blood where he explained that it was him that attacked Trick Williams and next he wants uh, Eli Dragunov wants to send back to be an NXT champion the fans are chanting, you've sold out uh, Carmelo Hayes. As um, Joe Gacy takes advantage at the start, he hits like a, a backdrop, then a backbreaker. Um, eventually, uh, Hayes manages to drag his legs down um, but drag his legs down to the floor to like, at least get him on the ground with him. But Gacy gets back up and um, hits him with quite a nice uh, springboard clothesline, does uh, Carmelo Hayes. But when, Jay- <laughs> when Joe Gacy rolls to the floor and then crawls under the ring, check this, Sidg. Well, it's like, "I'm bloody hell! What what are you doing, you weird freak?" And then he goes under the ring, a check, and he Joe Gacy's nowhere "No way to be found." He's called all the way to the east side, and he runs back in the ring and runs and hits him with a dive. He just doesn't give a damn. He doesn't. Joe Gacy, I should say, point out a new uh, feature this week of his entrance. Uh, you know, he's got his finish of the upside down. Well, it's a starter as well because when he. walk into the ring, that camera I wonder if Phil (laughs) I bet he won't because I bet what he'll do is like cut the end I've got the start off and just press upload I do not need any more of the daddies than I already get in the office but if Phil if for whatever reason is watching and editing this and he turns the camera upside down for just a second that's what
2: NXT did with Joe Gacy best production in the world I love this as well. That's the new trend on a squared circle and on Oh, it's bollocks,
1: man, isn't it? (laughs) Uh,
2: It's a cool new production technique on WWE TV now. It's absolute placebo effects because you read a report that Kevin Dunn, whose tendrils are all over this company. Yeah. And he wasn't even that physically present towards the end of his tenure there. We've been waiting years for Dunn to go for moments like this, and
1: it's just a match graphic.
2: It's just like (laughs) the raw logo's a bit darker. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Like Tommaso Chapman does a promo now to the camera before he goes to the ring. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. The, br- the production style fundamentally is indistinguishable to what it was five weeks ago. Uh, we come back. Speaking of which, we go to a break after that
1: dive because NXT rolls on. Oh, it rolls on. And uh, we come back from the break and the advantage has completely shifted. And now Carmelo Hayes has got Gacy in a half crab. But Gacy's enjoying it, Sidgwick. What do you do with a man who enjoys pain? Another man that enjoys playing the world champions already, that. I was
2: going to say, Joe Gacy versus Ilya Dragunov could beat the record set by the um, Island death match. Would the trick to that be, do you have to, like, double psychology? Do
1: you have to get in the ring and lie down? Because your opponent is expecting to hit you really hard. So, let's say, Gacy gets in, and Dragunov's rubbing his thighs going, he's going to hit me really hard in a minute with that, like, cutter he does. And then Gacy just lies down. Dragunov's like, uh... Me, I was preparing to get attacked here. And then when he's so rattled by that, the case he can roll him up.
2: Here, because the idea of the psychology of the match between Dragonoff and Joe Casey is that they both want to experience pain. Yeah. Right, I've got the layout then. Go on. Okay, so what happens is, they sort of forearm exchange each other and they both really enjoy it, okay? Like too much, and this goes on for 15 minutes. <laughs> One of them, even though they're really loving it, they essentially come and they collapse to the mat. Yep. Okay, the cover's made, but they do the old—you know, when the the, the horse is squashing the the skinny wimp. Yeah, and they're not, and they're not done with you yet. They want to, you know, yep. make a statement. Says so like, I don't want to pin you yet because that would bring an end to this match and my enjoyment of feeling pain in this match. Mm-hmm. So the no one wants to end the match. Okay. So what eventually happens in this match? What is sort that of time are we talking at this point? Twenty-five minutes. Right. What eventually happens is that they're feeling a little bit like oh, so I'm getting some like sharp, blunt force trauma here. Mm-hmm. And That's good. That's good. I'm ah ooh, ah ah. That really hurts. Oh, that's good. But there's gaps. There's gaps. I need to endure some like excruciating. Unrelenting pain. Okay. Okay. So, go on, put us in a figure four then. Put us in a figure four. Put us in a figure four. (laughs) Right. And then what happens is that they're 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 in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Figure four. Then they do the old, oh, I'm going to roll onto my belly and reverse the pressure. Yeah. Your turn, my turn. Your turn, my turn. Your turn, my turn. They then do that spot all the way up the ramp. (laughs) (laughs) So they can each get pain, 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 pain volume the pain back and forth. They do it all the way out of the performance center and just up like you know one of those like endless expanses of um American Road. Yeah. The freeway. Yeah. The freeway. They're just doing that up the freeway the entire time. They're absolutely they're coming. They are getting like this their skin scraped off and they're coming and they're, they're getting flayed, essentially, and they're ejaculating.
1: Or a scump runs past them, that sort of thing. Yeah, or just yeah, through, like, yeah. the
2: Nevada desert or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, gives it four and a quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always four and a quarter.
1: Oh, anyway. Casey goes... I think of rolling out the building. They're in the parking lot, and somebody runs them over. Yeah, yeah. It's all not to go to the car park for it, but they like it. They yeah, both yeah, got a wheel each. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, that was class. Absolute tantric. Uh... Ah, Melo gets nothing but net on Gacy for the win. Um, and ultimately, this is more about the post-match. Melo's got his win, and then we presume he's going to go on to fight Dragonoff possibly at roadblock, because it's got to be trick at standing the liver, is not it? Um, DiJack comes in, smashes Gacy with a nightstick, just puts a bigger smile on his face, uh, and then puts Gacy in a straight jacket, so he can't even defend himself. Guess what, sage
2: Gacy likes that too. This match was, I feel like, bad, just saying... I know was every quote-unquote quite good match you've ever seen because this is very much Joe Gacy trying to, like... My read on it is that this is Joe Gacy really trying to tell people, Jesus Christ, I've been stuck in the, the jism for what feels like 10 years. Mm-hmm. I can go. I'm desperate to show you I can go. So he's really dialed in and motivated to put on a good match, and it wasn't great. It was good. Like They hit each other hard. Some of the sequences were all right and all the rest of it. This is them just... Carmelo wrestles this kind of match all the time, and I think Joe Gacy was very intent on telling people that he can, in fact, wrestle this kind of match to a certain standard. They went hard. Mm -hmm. Didn't really mean anything to me. It didn't really touch me on any level, but they went hard. Melo, for me at this point, um, needs
1: this trick match. I'm glad it's happening,
2: presumably, in
1: a big building in Philadelphia, rather than here in this NXT setting. And uh, go. Be done. Yeah, he's better as a heel. He is better as a heel. I think he's work connects more as a heel. But I need to see him in front of crowds working as a heel to see what we've really got. Yeah, cause you know, I, don't just, I don't we're know. i just told as a babyface it was the next big thing, and there were so few matches as evidence. But I think we're on the right track with him again. Time, time to leave. Yeah, the next day. Um Brinley Reese is warming up. Yes, I like, I like Brinley Reese.
2: She, uh, she's doing like it, it could, could have been squats, whatever. Brinley no. Reese performs her gymnastics. Yes. With the same zeal with which you watch the Fed.
1: Yes, that's right, yes. So she's doing a gymnastic warm-up, again, with unnecessarily uh, unnecessary zeal, should we say, considering it's just a warm-up. And she's talking um, to Kalani Jordan. Uh, she's ready for the match. She's uh, had all her G's of peas. That's grams of protein, of course. That's what we all say. Have you had any, uh, have you had any G's of peas
2: today? I've had some leftover peas of kebab meat. Yeah, there's probably, there. there's probably protein in there. It's, it's a kind
1: of meat. I had G's of peas in my porridge this morning because it's, it's one of the ones that actually says protein. And you think, oh, if I eat this porridge, I'm going to get jacked. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah I love I, that. I only buy it because it's like the only chocolate-flavoured variant in there But it says protein on
2: the porridge. I like the, uh, the syrup variations. Yeah, syrup syrup's do the best one. Have you
1: tried the rice pudding porridge? I don't pops like rice bread. pudding. Ah, that's a shame. I'm missing out there.
2: Like it's an oxymoron, isn't it? What's that? I used to, think the, s- I used to think the same thing of cheesecake. We've talked about this before. Were you just late to cheesecake, or do you just even now not care that much about it? No, I do enjoy cheesecake because it was a Peter, Peter <laughs> K. joke, was not it? Maybe I thought it was made of cheese. I don't think cheesecake. I don't think people like me cheese, like a hard cheese to put icing on it. But at the same time, I was scared. Yeah, I get that. Especially when like, I was like twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> That's the twist. Especially with, like, the... Um, how would they call it that? I know, because you make it with soft cheese. I've made it myself. Ones with the
1: coolie on, especially, because it's, like, fruit and weird cheese in a biscuit base and they came. What the hell is going on I there? I was just
2: scared of the concept. I wasn't a food guy until I was in my mid to late 20s. Do you like cheesecake now? That's delicious. What's your favorite kind of cheesecake? I
1: like a... I like a baked. Okay. Do you like a baked cheesecake? Yeah. Um, I, like, I like a... Um, like there was a, it was an apprentice task. That was what it was, where they had to like design cheesecakes. And it was like the two teams always picked different ones, and uh, one team went for more sort of chocolate and toffee flavors, and the other one went down the fruit route. I'm not the big fruit guy. I didn't think you would like, but I like a lemon cheesecake. I'm not the biggest fan, but the a New York style cheesecake with all the chocolate and all the cream on top. It should be too indulgent, but it does work. I like
2: a, tra- I like a baked cheesecake or just a traditional cheesecake with like a raspberry coolie on it. That's a fruity one, though. No? It's not when you infect the cheese. Th- that's true. <laughs> I don't want the lemon cutting through it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. They um, A weird relationship with lemon in general. The supermarket. Sometimes also. it's goaded. What? Ah, right. So I like lemon desserts. So I like lemon cake, lemon cheesecake, lemon within. I like lemon, lemon drizzle.
2: I think I like all lemon.
1: I think actually, you know those Jif lemon shaped containers with Jif lemon for your pancakes? They're goated, yeah. Yeah, I could drink that. If you put like more of it into it, like, or you put it with like mix it with like a a gin and agnostor bitters or something, like, and,
2: oh, so, oh like, fancy day. Right. I say
1: things sometimes just to impress him. Like the uh, the lemon can't get bitter enough. I love that sensation. I love
2: like being jazzed. No, lemons are coated. There's just... because I like margaritas. That's more of a lime. Yeah. But I like a whiskey sour. And that's lemon.
1: Yeah. It's that sensation's pleasant, isn't it? It's not the same, for, like when we had those sweets. Yes. I quite like that, but some people just can't. Oh, I do,
2: like, you know, lemons are good. It's just a lemon cheesecake just doesn't really mix for me. Yeah. A lemon or cheese? Can you make a cheesecake? Yes, I can. Can you? I oh, say
1: I'm still, this is it.
2: I'm not very good, good. with biscuit bases.
1: Like, those stick to the bottom. Surprisingly good, like, 99p range in Aldi in the cheesecake game. Not bad for The thing like, about cheesecakes
2: is, like, there's certain foods that simply do not work, shop bought. Mm. They've nailed cheesecake in those yeah. factories. They've Me- nailed them. They're cheap. Them. Yeah. They're cheap and they've just nailed them. My dad used to work at a potato factory
1: and it was right opposite one of the biggest cake maker brands. I don't want to get that brand that in right? trouble.
2: Sorry, I had you us on a Wednesday. I'm right.
1: You get potatoes for free. Well, for free. Uh... We also got cakes for free because my dad had a pretty good deal with the guy at the cake factory, and they would do a bit of a swap. I love this. It's like
2: Victorian England—the potato factory, the cake factory. We we used to be a country. Yeah, like it used yeah, I know, to
1: be yeah. that was it. And it was like everyone got cakes, everyone got potatoes, and the millionaires didn't even notice because they don't care. It was a better time. Better time. Yeah. Just a like a kitchen full of potatoes and a freezer full of cakes. Just everything was better.
2: We so much with potatoes as well.
1: Hmm? Little different things you can make with potatoes. Exactly. It's the most versatile food there is. I had from my dad working in that factory, they made um, pre made Hang on. What? It's a potato factory, just not a farm. Well. <laughs> hmm. What was your dad really doing? Probably a potato boxing factory, maybe. <laughs> okay. Like, so I was just like,
2: just going to, I was going to my real job at the potato factory. You was just in the social club the entire time. Probably wasn't that. <laughs> Go to my real job at the potato factory. <laughs> Dad, why are you hammered again?
1: And my dad's got it. So was this. so was when he worked at the potato factory. I really like that. But yeah, swapping spuds for cakes. <laughs> it was a golden era I said. Sh-
2: cake factory. Yeah. It was just a flour mill. <laughs> no, it was um what's the like a processed cake factory. Yeah, yeah Potato. Brand.
1: You know the big uh Cerely. That was it. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Kind of like the The Potato. Factory, he's come up with a real one, Mr. Hamphlet. I don't know what he did there. Like, generations of uh, sons not understanding what the dads do for a living. Me, my dad working in a factory that allegedly made potatoes. My kids, like, asking the dad what he does for a living, and me having to say, This, this kids, when I let you pass YouTube kids and into adult YouTube, you'll get to see and you'll despise that I do this. That's gonna be, are they? how are they, by the way? That are they over the YouTube kids threshold yet?
2: Because our links are right there if they are. You've got like a smart TV. Uh-huh. And it's got it's this hodgepodge of like the, the homepage algorithm dictated. Based on what you've previously watched, here's what you watch next. And it's an amalgamation of like there's some Premier League highlights, okay. wrestling stuff, obviously, and some of the worst stuff you've ever seen from a daughter's side of things, and then James likes his uh geography YouTube flags and okay. things of that nature. It's like YouTube Kids, it's just on the smart telly and I just trust YouTube, not uh YouTube Kids has got your back. YouTube I poke will. my head around the corner when I'm having a coffee in the kitchen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> YouTube Kids has got your back. YouTube adult put a knife in it. That's, they've uh, they've kind of TikTokified YouTube Kids as well. I'll hear from like because the kids will watch it on a tablet, and I'll just hear these videos that last all of 10 seconds, and all you'll hear is like a football hitting a crossbar, and some awful voice going, Oh, no! And then a new video starts straight away, and I was like, yeah, that's it, my kids' brains. Yeah, yeah. My kids' brains are turning to mush. Not like here, not like long-form analysis of pro wrestling, uh, including uh, Brinley Reese preparing for a match. That was how we got into that. Anyway, yeah. she does loads of backflips. Uh, last Legend and uh, Kalani Jordan get into an argument over respect, and... Um, and that's that for now. More on Brinley Reese later on because she had a go week. But we go to another part of the backstage area for like the it's women's a big division. old gym. It is, isn't it? Where it's that my favourite of all the backstage settings in NXT: the set of enough lockers where approximately four to six women can stand in the background miming because if they spoke, you would hear the voices. Yes, they are an inch away from one another, but they all have to sort of mime in the background. Or like if you just. Watch the segment. Like there was six on screen here, so I watched it six times. So you can then just watch everybody on player cam the entire time.
2: You know how I'm a kind of a big '80s nostalgia movie guy. Yeah, right. What I miss is this. Everything. It's weird. A lot of films feel inauthentic to me. Subsequently, because no one gets the idea of like crosstalk. talk. Mm. They're screaming at each other in Big Trouble in China, which I watched, which I watched last night, probably the 400th time. The Goonies. Gets kids more than any of the film, I know you're not a fan. Yeah. But like they're screaming at each other, mm-hmm. it's like it's chaos, that's how kids would sound. The opposite to that energy exists in the NXT women's locker room. It's like you know. you're meant to be able to hear it. <laughs> Give us a bit of bustle. Yeah. that's what I like. Oh, oh hang on, hang on. If there was a bit of bustle, an actual organic background noise to convey to me the slightest idea that this is a realistic environment. I wouldn't be able to hear... Who was it, talking to Roxanne Perez? Uh, It was um, Ren... uh, What's her name? Ren Sinclair. I would not be able to hear Ren Sinclair read Shotzi's Wikipedia page (laughs) on her behalf... To Roxanne Perez, to explain to Roxanne Perez why she deserves a title shot, the show is abysmal. Yeah, Roxanne Perez is pacing the floor, digging a trench
1: about how angry she is, and Ren Sinclair is one of the women in the locker room who is allowed to project from the background into the foreground and explains, yeah, Shotzi deserves a shot, and here's why. Uh, and Roxanne Perez says, uh, uh that's really interesting, and then just wallops it with a dry <laughs> slap and walks off. <laughs> like, absolutely drills her, better than the rock on Cody's, I think. Uh, drills her and leaves. Um... And obviously, Ren Sinclair is just devastated at what's become of, uh, what of, a of Roxanne Perez. Um, uh, next, it went to a vignette um, for Okada, obviously, because he's coming in, isn't he? It said, uh, decode this one, Sid. Goodness is man's struggle. Uh, born
2: evil. Evil, however, is
1: human nature.
2: means we're all born evil. Goodness is a mask. The facade. Oh, my God. They're basically going to do another... Remember when um, Joe Casey was just like a parody of Dalibs? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was the right-wing office, basically. And he was like the virtue-signaling weirdo creep Joe Let Casey. Back in my safe space. That, they c- would hear yeah.
1: words on the internet, but i like, put them words in the script.
2: Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's like another reboot? Because the whole idea is... It's characters, you know. People struggle to be good. We're, we're born evil, blah blah. blah. You know, it's, uh, it's it's all it's all these virtue signaling wokes. <laughs> that's what this character's gonna do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Kazushka like. <laughs> on the lips. Yes, <laughs> that's gonna be the gimmick. for The Rainmaker, and he's rich. Yeah. That makes sense. All makes sense. Thank you. You cleared that up. Thanks. Uh, Oberfamily's here. Yes, he he's uh, he's wanting a chat. Um, he's not about how he's dominant and he'll take on absolutely anybody. Um, you can send anyone you like as long as you don't want them back. That's a pretty cool That's a good,
2: good like, here he is line.
1: Yeah. And uh, could there be anybody better to answer that call than Lexis King? King's back.
2: Uh, he gets Almost it. as good as that unbelievable dynamite moment, tarnished forever. Probably tarnished to begin with, given the, you know, the people involved. But it was a good gag nonetheless. When Jericho's feuding with Tyson... Uh-huh. And then he says, I want the baddest man on the planet to come to the ring right now. And obviously, a week before, Orange Cassidy just wandered into frame <laughs> during an inner circle backstage <laughs> second. So Cassidy walks out after he calls for the baddest man on the planet. Most they used to be great. It.
1: This is much the same in a way, because yeah, here's Lexus King. So <laughs> uh, oh, the King's very impressed. Um, but I don't know if you heard what I just said there. You might be the ruler. But Lexus is the king in Top trumps with King and, and Ruin. Uh, so why don't we uh, do this next week? And King goes to attack and Oberfemi easily counters and just him out of the floor. Lexus King versus Oberfemi for the
2: bail next week. First of all, that's funny. Second of all, I wouldn't say easily. There was a bit of a struggle. I suppose. Yeah, it was a bit. I would say sixty-five thirty-five in the favor of Oberfemi. But yeah, should, so. like, uh, Lexus like King should be getting absolutely like pwned, and he's gonna. As like, the, the noob that he is, even though he's got yeah. like f- ten more pages on Cage Marsh than Uber Femi. He's <laughs> gonna get like spattered across
1: the ring, but he's gonna stuff's gonna happen off the back of yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's like uh, do you think like Von Wagner? Oh, do you think the Bash brothers are gonna laugh at him as he's been scraped off the mat, and that's how you get to Lexus King and Von Wagner? Oh
0: my god. Yes.
1: Yeah, so it's gonna be. Right. We go backstage to well, to the normal how kitchen. How long is this show? Uh, not much left, I ah. promise um. Yeah, Josh Briggs is having a normal chat in the normal kitchen. Uh, but oh, like, God, this is goated. They're all, it's the, it's, you know, typically what they'd say for the specials. Who's going to win the tag titles, guys? Is it going to, an uh, and Brooks Jensen appears from the corridor of normal kitchen and says, uh, You want me to grow some bars? Briggs fires back straight away. It took you a whole week to think of that. And uh, Briggs is like, and Brooks is like, uh, yeah, kind of, let's go. And they just start having this brawl. So even when he's finally plugs up the courage, he be like, That was really harsh last week. Briggs has gone, I'm ah, still crap, mate. Yeah. Like, I'll still just cut you down. They're throwing hands. Uh, it's got like a bunch of people in to separate them. What has become of these former friends? Uh, Ava. Uh, she's not got a surname. She's a rock daughter. She steps in the middle of the two of them. She like screams some "Get out! Get out! Get out of the normal kitchen!" No, no, no,
2: no! You're too animated in your recap here. What did she really say? Out! Yeah, correct. Leave the normal kitchen, serving
1: normal food. Uh, and we'll cut ahead a little bit, actually, to a backstage uh, vignette where she's <laughs> where she's on her phone confirming to somebody that we deduced was her. That uh, Briggs versus Brooks is booked for next week.
2: Ava Rain, (laughs) who is the general manager of NXT. I just need to unpack this and just to make it perfectly clear for the listeners and the viewers. Ava Rain, who is the general manager, who the book stops with Ava Rain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, she hasn't got a surname. She's The Rock's daughter. I'm not
1: sure if it stops. I just don't think it ever started. Yeah. I don't think she's got seven in her pocket.
2: She is the decision maker. She is the general manager of WWE NXT. Maybe she's talking to Sean. Checking it with Sean, yeah. Possibly. But isn't she redundant then? Yeah. In everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aye. She confirms it. Uh, Roxanne Perez comes in. She's unhappy uh, and she wants to match with Ren Sinclair. And Ava's was like, well, Ren, Ren wants one with you. Roxanne's like, that's perfect. And Ava says, look, if you can beat her, we'll get you back on track. We'll get the women's title back in play. And Roxanne Perez seems relatively happy with that for the time being. Uh, there was a match in between those segments. It was Kiana James and Brinley Reese. Kiana makes relatively short work of Brinley Reese, but it would uh, be remiss of me to not mention uh, Brinley introducing in this match a series of uh, cartwheels and flips. That's what she does. Yep, literally all the time, every day. Uh, including one where she kind of. It's good in theory, it's like a self propelling bookshot lariat. She doesn't springboard off the ropes. She springboards off her own hands. That's, like, super impressive. Oh, she's an
2: unbelievable athlete. And like, she flips it. Part of the NIL yeah. program. She, like, puts her hands forward,
1: does a front flip all the way over, lands on her feet, and hits her clothesline. It's a one fluid motion. However, however, however there are two parts to a wrestling move. The person delivering the move and the person taking the move. In order for Kiana James, who we've established is kind of one of the more veteran presences in this women's division. Uh, in order for her to hit the ropes and then create the time and the space for Brittany Reese to do this very complex move. She has to do what Cedric's doing now, which is, well, first take a header off the ropes, which is now, I guess, just a bit within NXT, and then get so staggered by it that she's in place for this clothesline. And it doesn't even really make a difference because it's sort of all Brittany Reese has got. Uh, she manages to count out of one of James' attacks uh, and gets like a TKO, like a Mark Merrow TKO on her for a two. Uh, but after that... Keanu James gets back in control, hits her with, like, a scorpion death drop as a counter, uh, then picks her back up, hits her with a 401k, the bankrupt kit, and she gets the win. Um, Not much. Can we do the post-match as well with Brinley-Reese? Why wouldn't we? So um, backstage, Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade are worried about what happened to Brinley-Reese. They've sort of, like, struck up a friendship when she was trying to get them, make them feel better after their loss. They're like, we're going to have to do that for her now. They're taking the mick out of her a bit. Maybe we should say five positives and five negatives. But we're like, no, come on. Like, like she's going to be down in the dumps. She, uh, she literally cartwheels into the shop, Sidge. And they're like, you're all right, Brinley. And she's selling a bit. She's like, she appears to have hurt her arm and her chin based on the things that she continues to sell. She's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, oof, ow, <laughs> no, <laughs> no teacher-like experience, eh? <laughs> and they're like, what? But you lost. And so She's basically, where's the effect of like, I didn't lose. I'll just try better next time. I'm absolutely fine. Yeah, hey, hey, guys, literally cartwheels out of shop. The other week when Nathan Frazier, anyway, he's you guys, and ran really fast. Yes, he's fast now. Really, Reese, really flips and cartwheels everywhere. Like she doesn't walk because that wastes time. Right.
2: Yeah. Given, if you don't want any kind of even like talking around spoilers for the next forty-five seconds for next week's show, if you just skip ahead, because uh, we take the piss out of this show, mixture of uh, ironic and earnest appreciation of it, etc., etc., etc. So, because that's a general tone, do not get it mistaken. When I say this is an actual serious point that I'm making individually. Because, like, I don't want to make light of the injury suffered by Shotzi on the show for next week taped last night. So I'm not doing that. Like, they work, these women in the PC. And there is kind of like a real problem with a series of injuries that I've happened there like Cora Jade's on the shelf again Nikita Lyons has just come back like there's a spate the uh, is still out yeah yeah a spate a spate of knee injuries mm-hmm. and these idiots have told Brinley Brinley Reese Brinley Reese to basically perform like heavy duty stuff on your knee as your gimmick are they, are they taking the piss floor gymnastics instead of walking yes that's your gimmick. Yeah. Funny. In addition to your intensive training, questions about which are really starting to get asked now. Mm. Well, not internally, but like by media yeah. and the like and fans. In addition to what she does in the ring on TV. And that's a, she does floor gymnastics as a gimmick on television. It's abs that I cannot imagine a future if her knee remains intact within a year.
1: And like, Wrestlers,
2: I'm not, t- I, I know
1: generations have said it's hell on your knees. Yeah, Just I know,
2: I know, I know. Like, I know, and I'm sorry for the abrupt tone shift, but I have to kind of do that to say, oh, you know, she won't have a knee in the like, air. I'm not taking the piss, especially in light of the shots news. I will be staggered mm. if she can, like, go injury free in that system under this gimmick. It's st- we take a pit, the t- how stupid this show is. That's a new level of stupidity. Like, it is, uh, yeah,
1: it's you're right. I want to laugh at it being dumb, but we have to be realistic with the precedent at this point that it could be dangerous. Like, just being in that system to begin with at this point is getting dangerous. You're a man who Cody Rhodes himself credited at being able to, like, really understand what he was thinking at a particular time
2: of his career. He said... Yeah, please get this right. On the Instagram story, Mm -hmm. which he also posted back in 2020, Mm -hmm. is this... like He said, I was like... is he? A, um, what's what am looking for? A shrink. Oh, like how did he get in my head? I'm gonna ask you. That. Is, is that He felt like he'd been psychoanalyzed?
1: I asked you to get in his head from a prior era. That's how insightful my words are.
2: What was? And that's also how passionate they are. To read 120,000 of bitches right here. If you live in the world that is, all it on Amazon right now.
1: Is your mind uh, closed? <laughs>
2: read Michael Sidgwick's book. Indeed. And uh, Cody Rhodes also said that it was um, a very refreshing, thought-provoking piece. (laughs) That's a lie. That was Kenny Omega.
1: (laughs) I want to ask you about Cody. Why do you think he went all them legacy years with his knee pads over his shins and his bare-ass knees just exposed (laughs) to the rigors of the business? Because that was... uh, What was that about? Is that in there?
2: It's in there. I've forgotten the passage. Uh, okay. Basically, Cody's always wanted to stand out. Hmm. And he was always cognizant that... 119,999. Yeah, 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 there. That it was all but impossible in that cookie-cutter developmental system. So the whole thing about Cody was like, what can I do to stand out? That's the key to, you know. And it turns out that being like a really timeless classical baby face in a moves era was the way he eventually did it with his like genial sort of way about him. You know the coolest story. You all want him to finish it. That's how much you know about it. He's set like, you know, he's sort of dashing and disfigured and like stardust. He's always sort of, in the, the intercontinental title, he's always pitching for or giving it the old college try on everything that was either his or somebody else's idea. Mm-hmm. <clears> he <throat> said that he wanted to pull the trunks up a little bit higher than most people and not wear the knee pads. Yeah. When studying tape of like bockwinkles, and he always thought that people just looked a little bit more regal, mm-hmm. and a bit more proper, and a bit more sportsmanlike Sam and classic and San Martino. Yep. Like he wanted to tap into that mold of like he didn't want to look like a kick pad guy. He wanted to look more proper. Yeah. And that was his thinking. Obviously, it was just out of OV Dub. Yeah, You're going with Hardcore Holly. We're testing you out. He's going to slap the taste out of your mouth. Just do what we say when we do it. So you had to think, like, literally in a matter of, like, centimeters of like how can I possibly stand out yeah. almost imperceptibly. But that's the reason behind that.
1: That's, when um, you said centimeters there, that's, like, when all these, like, Olympic teams, those, like, fine margins where they just cut down this by one percent, and this by one percent, and this by one percent, it can all make the difference, Yes. At the end, yeah, that's uh, it's really interesting. I feel like I must have known that because I have have actually read that, yeah, but I've forgotten about that. And I always think about the you say about the trunks as well, there was a lot of leg on display when he was wrestling. It looked like his trunks were even like shorter and up, yeah. And it was obviously just that he was raising them up over his, <laughs> his midriff. That WrestleMania <laughs> got a hog for it, that WrestleMania 26 looking at, yeah. Yeah, the orange. Oh, my gosh. I calendar.
2: want them to be his WrestleMania XL long boys. That's, your, uh, that, bro- I love that's that. your broken dreams, isn't it? My God, that color on the WrestleMania 26 trunks. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh,
1: my God. With a the
2: million bucks. Bright white boots.
1: And It's like, there's, uh, Randy Orton, yeah, established. Look great. Me. Great front of me. Dead DB friggin' assy. Like, how's he getting the push? Yeah. Huh? Uh, main event time. No. Oh. I liked it a lot. It's the family defending the tag team titles against Brom Breaker and Baron Corbin. Uh, early on, Breaker just powers uh, Tony D back into the corner. Uh, they're like trying to trade forearms and shoulder blocks. Uh, eventually, Stax gets in, but he gets dragged into the wrong corner in the deep water uh, by the Wolf Dogs. Uh, Corbin keeps cutting off like Stax attempts to do like all of his springboard moves and various things like that. Tony D tags back in, uh, hits a suplex. Bron Breaker gets back in to help Corbin, fights back on Tony D, but Tony D drills him with a sit-out power bomb, and it appears like the family are actually in charge of this. We come back from an ad break, and Baron Corbin's taken over, so obviously, you know, that's what magic adverts do. Yeah. Uh, Baron Corbin gets a deep six on Stax, but only gets two. Uh, Stax drills him with an elbow to tag Tony D'Angelo, who spine-busters Bron Breaker out of the air. Uh, then he does uh, the little... Uh, Stax is for the family and lobs him onto both guys, uh, which again I think one of these days could be used in a different yes, way. Yes, yes. Uh, setting that up quite nicely. You get the powerbomb neckbreaker combo on Bron Breaker, uh, and then it's back to Baron Corbin, uh, who hits uh, like a suplex cutter. Stacks as uh, like follows through with a sunset flip, only gets two, but manages to tag back in Tony D, who hits, uh, who gets Bossman slammed. It all breaks down. They're fighting on the floor. Bron Breaker gets double power bombed through the table by the family. He appears to be out and down and done. So Tony just rolls him back in to get what we assume is the three count because he's out. But Baron Corbin makes the save somehow to an enormous pop. Uh, eventually, it sort of all breaks down a little bit again. Stax takes a run at Corbin, who catches him with the End of Days. He rolls out with Tony D, and then uh, Braun Breaker is back up again. Drills Stax with the spear. One, two, three. The Wolf Dogs are the new tag team champions. I'm going to leave a moment that you specifically isolated for praise as they celebrate at the end. Uh, there's like a wide shot, and you see Baron Corbin like, lean over and go. Wolf dogs, yeah, and like Brombreaker's buzzing for him and then it goes off the air with a barcode of the two of them holding up their belts. Looking earnestly right in very different ways that they, mean, that they mean this. yeah. They're, like I know that it's belts and it's not real, but in different ways, this has been huge for both of them. they yeah. totally bought it.
2: I absolutely loved this. Like, I absolutely loved it. I thought the match was like a hyperactive version of a family match, but it was really carried by just that awesome... Just utterly captivating meathead energy of Corbin and Breaker. Yeah, Like, felt, dare I say it, like quite wild at points. Mm-hmm. Like a table bump. Best that, family match ever. Best family match ever. It felt genuinely quite wild and chaotic. Had that raw sort of a, a, like quality to it. Um, like, just on the cusp of going awry. Mm. I just felt like as much of a fight as a tag team professional wrestling match could, Just the way that I love it when these meathead tag teams throw throw their opponents into their partners and then do slams on them. Yeah, it's like yeah, combo attacks and I couldn't believe it was a table, like
1: which is obviously always a a cheat. That
2: thing got obliterated. Like I couldn't believe that
1: arrived at such a cool near fall. Yeah, he was dead. He was absolutely finished. He was absolutely dead.
2: Like great save on that one. Like really quite dramatic. Like, I'm into the act. The Wolf Dogs are genuinely tremendous. so I really wanted them to win. And they did. And there's a bit at the end, right? I never thought in the never say never business, I would care this much about Baron Corbin, but God damn it, I do. Where he sprints over to Braun <laughs> and just embraces him. Yeah, And uh, there's a reality there. Totally. There's a genuine real sentiment there and that's what the best wrestling is. A little bit of that goes a long way if you can fold it into the fiction. And then there's a bit where Breakers is like, right, go on, get up because you have to raise your hands where Corbin was genuinely staring at that title. Mm-hmm. He has had so many years of people thinking it's boring. That's okay, I've got the office behind me. No, I don't stop, stop, push. Mm-hmm. Like, he's heard or rather not heard so many bad reactions or just nothing reactions. And maybe, you know, he's a guy who's had experience his whole life. um, I think he's well-liked, but it's never really transmitted. And maybe he's thought to himself in periods of introspection, God, am I doing this right? No one's really reacting to anything I do. And now this has clicked so goddamn well. And maybe when he's looking at that title, he's thinking... Vindication, I always had something. Yeah. And God damn it, he obviously has because they've tapped into it right now. He is awesome. Baron Corbin, unironically, rules. Do
1: you want to wrap this up with a game?
2: Yes. End on a game. Time it's time to play the game. Time to play, time to play the game.
1: Vic Joseph repeatedly said that Baron Corbin had only ever won one title in his entire WWE career, which is why it's important that he won this tag team title. But Michael Sidgwick, what title was it? United States. Who did he beat for it? Dolph? No, but you're very close. Kofi? No, you're still close. Miz? No. No, I'll tell you who he beat, because then we can get to who he lost it to. He defeated AJ Styles for the United States title. Who did he lose it to? Was it in a triple threat? It was... I don't... Yeah, I think it was. Give you a clue. He's been named in this game. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. And it was the <laughs> oh, one. Dolph! It was the pay-per-view on the Sunday where Dolph beats Baron for the belt and then on SmackDown he comes out and leaves it in the ring and retires forever. Like, that was the end of the and then Dolph's like, too big for his guardian. He comes back in the Royal Rumble three weeks later and gets eliminated after two minutes. Thanks, Dolph. Like, that was Baron Corbin's United States title. reign. So this is especially nice, isn't it? Especially nice. God, that was trash. That was awful. An awful time. We were covering this. I know. In that era, week after week after week after week after week. And I didn't think it could get any better. And it did. Uh, And if you agree and all of this is still super goated to you, you can reach out to us on... Super goated. Super double goated. Uh, I'll tell you what is a super double goated. My friend in Michael Sidgwick. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter, Sidg? <laughs> at msidgwick. You can find me at Michael Hamlet. You can find all of us at WhatCulture WWE. If you check your podcast feeds now. You'll find the AW Dynamite preview. We'll be back tomorrow with a review of that show. We'll be back later this week with a SmackDown preview. Uh, thank you for spending your time with us as always. And until next time, we will see you soon.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European Linen.